0: Among the most important theological battles fought by the early church was that against Donatism, a Christian sect that believed priests had to be faultless if their ministry was to be effective and the sacraments they administered valid. Donatism emerged in the late third century when the Roman emperor Diocletian, persecuted the church, and as part of that cruel and systematic effort, Christians in North Africa were asked to hand over their Bible to the authorities as a symbolic way of renouncing their faith. Some clergy did, and some clergy did not, but when the persecution finally came to an end, those clergy who had chosen to hand over their Bible were called traditores, which literally means one who hands the holy things over. And this, of course, is the root of the modern word traitor. And thus the Donatists saw themselves as the true church, The pure church and as the faultless church, because not only did they believe that a cleric's failure to die for the faith disqualified him from the priesthood, but even that the people such priests served that they too were beyond the pale of God's grace. Now, when St. Augustine settled this matter once and for all, I can't help but think he did so with today's reading from Hebrews in mind, and in particular, verse 14, which says, For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. For by a single offering, God has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. The power of this verse is its insistence, its clarity of focus that the grace of God is sufficient, that forgiveness is abundant, and that salvation has been accomplished And not only that, but by the only faultless man capable of making such an offering to God, our great high priest, who as we heard last week in our reading from Hebrews, has chosen, and I quote, to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. There's a famous Irish biblical scholar by the name of J. Alex Moutier, and this is what he writes about the all-sufficient grace of God. God, he says, is tirelessly on our side. God always has more grace at hand for us. He is never less than sufficient. God always has more, and yet more to give. His resources... Never end. His patience is never exhausted. God's initiative never stops. His generosity knows no limits. God always gives more grace. For by a single offering, God has perfected for all time those who are sanctified or as Christ said from the cross before his final breath, it is finished. Your salvation, finished. Your forgiveness, finished. Your sanctification, from the perspective of eternity, finished. For by a single offering, Christ has perfected for all time, those who are sanctified. And here's why this matters. It's because there is something futile, something inappropriate, something deeply unfitting about offering again and again the same old guilt, the same old regret, the same old punishing mental tapes that can never bring healing or meaningful change to our life. Now, to be very clear, there is such a thing as being convicted by the Holy Spirit. There is such a thing as healthy guilt. But healthy guilt always has three specific characteristics. Number one, it's a clear sense of remorse over a specific past action incongruent with our deepest values Number two, it comes with a corresponding insight on how to make restitution. And number three, it is easily laid down once restitution has been made or an apology has been offered. That is healthy guilt. But the nagging, heavy, chronic cloud of inner accusation that guilt has literally zero positive spiritual function in our life. And do you know why? Because at root, it is based on a lie. The lie being that Christ has not, by a single offering, perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And so to offer an illustration of what I'm trying to say here, there's a scene in the movie Blazing Saddles, which Mel Brooks and Richard Pryor co-wrote as a satire of racism in America. But there's this scene where Taggart and his gang are in the desert chasing after Bart and Jim. Jim's the Waco kid played by Gene Wilder. And so there they are, a dozen men or so, all on horseback in hot pursuit when Out of nowhere, they come upon an unmanned toll booth in the middle of the desert, which, according to the sign, costs 10 cents a person to pass. And so Taggart, who's not really the brightest bulb in the shed, he panics, and he asks his men if anyone has a dime. And then all the men panic because they don't have any dimes to pay the toll. But of course, the humor of the scene is that all they had to do was just ride around this toll booth to not take it seriously, to not give it any credence or substance or weight. But instead, they accept defeat, they turn around, and off they go, apparently looking for a bunch of dimes, chronic guilt, unforgiveness fear of punishment, trying to add anything at all to Christ's completed work of atonement on the cross from God's perspective, this makes about as much sense as stopping at an unmanned toll booth in the middle of the desert, not only because that toll booth isn't real, but also because the meaning of the cross is that the bill has already been paid in full. And so, when the author of Hebrews speaks of the confidence, the confidence that we're to have when entering the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus with a true heart and in full assurance of faith, and with our heart sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, what that symbolic language is pointing us to is the freedom. The freedom we've been granted to not pay the toll. You see, there's a burden that God wants lifted from his children's shoulders. As Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And my beloved, as your pastor, I am well aware that there are some burdens you carry That I and this church cannot lift from your shoulders. All we can do is walk that journey with you. But I'm also aware that there are some burdens that we carry that the gospel can lift from us, and it is so important that we lay those burdens down. Because here's the thing it's only people who know their freedom, who have any capacity whatsoever to grant others their freedom. I mean, right, if we stop paying that toll, we're not gonna demand that other people pay some fake toll that we've created. We'll stop holding grudges and bringing up past mistakes and demanding that anyone be faultless. Because ultimately what provokes people to love and good deeds, it's not exhortation It's not moralism. It's not wagging our finger and quoting scripture. It's not even political pressure. No, what calls out love in people is the grace that flows from a single offering that has already perfected for all time those who are sanctified. That is what provokes us to love and good deeds. And so let me end this morning by saying this. Last week, uh, Emily shared with me a note on Instagram that a little girl by the name of Nan had written to God. The note said, Dear God, I bet it is very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole wide world. There are only four people in our family and I can never do it. If we believe that love is first and foremost a choice or an act of the will, something we have to muster our own inner resources in order to do, if we think that's true, love isn't hard, it's impossible. But when we understand that love is actually the heart of all reality, that it's literally the ground of our being. And if we get that this divine love has been demonstrated with power by a single offering on the part of God, and that this is what the Holy Spirit is drawing all of us into, well, in that case, the truth is love is still hard. But it's only hard in the way that growing pains... Are hard. Because at the end of the day, there is only one thing that a Christian cannot betray. There's only one holy thing that we must refuse to hand over, and that is the trust we have in the mercy, grace, and forgiveness of God. God is tirelessly on our side. God always has more grace at hand. He is never less than sufficient. God always has more and yet more to give. Meaning that the point of our faith is not to be faultless, but to be honest and non-anxious about our faults as we grow in a deep understanding that there is no need to stand before God day after day after day, apologizing for the same old things or wallowing in that same tired guilt. Because the great joy of our faith is that we get to know and celebrate and express and live our belief that by a single offering, God has perfected for all time those who are sanctified, and just so we're clear, that includes even you. Amen.